Tonight, I'm going to attempt to answer a question that has uh, plagued my mind for 46 years of preaching. And I never could adequately find the answer. I don't mean to offend any of the preachers that have preached on this particular subject. Uh, I know a lot of people have tried to explain what, uh, what I'm looking at tonight, but I just never was really fully satisfied. Not that it was wrong, what they were saying, but a lot of times there's a lot of speculation about what that I'm dealing with. It's not an issue of salvation, but I just love it when God shows us stuff. It's not new, but it's exciting when he shows you something or says, this is what I'm gonna do for you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you something that you've been yearning to know the answer to. And uh, I hope that this blesses you as much as it does me. We don't serve a God that operates by chance. And he doesn't wait on circumstances to control his decision. See, the good thing about this is he's already written the end of the story. And he knows how it all ends. And we win. But in the meantime, we face some things. And there's things that come up that we have questions about. And when we have those questions, sometimes God says, in your patience, in your study. And uh, I, I, realize, uh, I realize my abilities. I realize my weaknesses. And you can accuse me of a lot of things. But one thing you'll never be able to accuse me of, I don't study. I, I try my best to learn things from God's word. If I don't learn new things and how and excited about it, how can you be excited about coming? Amen. And you're not here just to put in time tonight. Everybody's busy. You've come for a reason. And I pray when you leave this place, you'll be blessed when you see the mind of God and the heart of God in his great compassion to us to include things that will help us in our daily journey and our walk with the Lord. When you get to John 21, this is that chapter where Peter has now somewhat given up in hopelessness and decides to go back to fishing, his old way of living. We've dealt with that a lot. He, uh, he not only goes, six others follow. You'll find it. their names in, in verse two. They go out fishing and, and when they're fishing, Jesus cries out to them, children, have you any meat? And the account says, uh, they answer very plain, no. You can tell when fishing's bad. Answers are short. And uh, just know, that's it. And of course he tells them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. They cast the net on the right side of the ship. They had a great, a great draw of fishes came in. But let's, let's begin reading with verse nine. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus saith unto them, bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes. And 153. I'm preaching tonight on mystery 153. 153. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord. 
So here's this experience after the resurrection of Jesus Christ where they've gone back to their old way of living. They've been unsuccessful. He gives them the command. They follow the command. God blesses them abundantly. They bring the nets in. They drag them in. And in that, he not only says that it's a great number of fishes, but he tells us the exact amount. 153. My question is simple. Why 153? Now, nothing in your Bible is there by accident. God didn't just put that number in there and allow John to be inspired by the Holy Spirit to tell us exactly how many was there. Somebody took the time to count it. God took the time to record it. And it must stand for something or it wouldn't be in your Bible. And I've heard a lot of speculation about that. But let let me remind you just a few things. First of all, God's telling us numbers count. See, the first thing that goes in a church that's dying is the registry. Because if you have to look at it, it's in your face. And it's a true story as to what direction you're going. And I deal with a lot of pastors and I hear a lot of times about what they're running And I oftentimes joke with them, but I'll say, well, I guess you can run whatever you want to as long as you don't ever count them. But yet when you count them, numbers don't lie. Help me preach now. And God is concerned about numbers. Listen to what he said in Job chapter 14. Job says in verse one, man that is born of woman is but of a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. And dost thou open thine eyes upon such an one and bringest me into judgment with thee. Who can bring a clean thing out of the unclean? Not one. Seeing his days are determined. The number of his months are with thee. That's what he's saying to the Lord. God knows how long you're gonna live. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. He goes on in Job 14 and verse uh, verse 14, if a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. Thou shalt call and I will answer thee. Thou wilt have a desire to work the work of thine hands. For now thou numberest my steps. Dost thou not watch over my sins? So he says that he numbers our days. Now he's saying he numbers our steps. You know, God knows how many steps you're gonna take in this life. And if that wasn't enough, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 29, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. doesn't say that God counts the hairs on your head. He's got them numbered. If I have a hair on my shoulder right now, God can look at that and say that's number 379. Not that I lost 378. He knows the number of the very hairs on my head. He tells the number of the stars and names them by name. God is a God of numbers. By the time you get to Revelation chapter 13 and verse 18, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man 
and his number is 600, three score and six. Six, six, six. So he gives the importance. He says, it's wisdom that you know about the number 666. Well, I'm not preaching on that tonight, but if all of these numbers are important, then I think when he put 153 fish as the number, I think that's important. If he's numbered my steps, if he's numbered my days, if he's numbered the hair on my head, if he has numbered the stars in the heaven, if he has given the antichrist, if he's given him a number so that we can know and you've got to have wisdom how to count, then there must be a way to count that. And you learn that through wisdom. It's not all this foolishness that you hear. You'll hear all types of things uh, about the number 666 because a certain computer was made and had a serial model, 666. They said that's the Antichrist. No, there's a way to count the number. That's what he's saying because numbers matter to God. Do you remember back, uh, oh, it's been about 18 months ago now that uh, I, I, I preached on how God revealed himself in scripture and I, I took Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. And when you go into Genesis, if you look for the first word Tav, the letter Hebrew letter Tav, and you find it for the very first time, count forward 49 letters, Every 49 letters, it will spell out the word Torah. When you get to Exodus, you find the word Tav the first time and you start counting forward 52 letters and it will spell out Torah. When you go on to Numbers and you, you start find the word uh, Tav and start counting, you find out it's in reverse. You go 49 letters and it spells Torah backwards. And then if you go to Deuteronomy, 52 letters spells it backward. In Leviticus, they can't find the pattern there. But the name of God, when you find the listing for God, look for the first Hebrew word, God, you find that word, every eighth letter is another letter in the name of God. So the name of God is in the book of Leviticus. That's what they found. So the Torah, the law of God, points to God. And on the other side of Leviticus, it points back to God. Points forward to God, points back to God because he's the center of all things. That's not by chance that it's like that. There's a reason, it's not an accident. God has a significance in numbers. And sometimes I'm afraid since we don't like dealing with numbers a lot that we, uh, we think, well, if we talk about numbers, people will get bored. But if we don't talk about numbers, how are you gonna find out what 153 is? I've heard it tied to Pentecost. I've heard it tied to the nations that were there. I've heard it tied to the countries of the world. I'm not saying any of those things are wrong, but I don't think that's the full meaning. I think there's something more obvious than that. Do you know what it is? Do you wanna know what it is? Okay, well, you deserve to know. You're here tonight. You know, it's fascinating if you observe certain numbers, for example, uh, the number eight. Do you know the number eight stands for Christ in every sense of the word? There were eight that came off the boat of Noah and his family. So it's a picture of life after death. Jesus rose from the dead on the eighth day, Sunday, first day of the week. The week passed, seven days, the eighth day, he rose from the dead. 
the males were circumcised on the eighth day, new beginnings. So eight days after the born comes the circumcision. So it's all a picture of Christ. Do you know that when you look at the Hebrew, Hebrew letters, uh, every Hebrew letter has multiple meanings. Associated to every Hebrew letter, first there's the letter, there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. But every letter also has a picture or a symbol tied to that letter. Like the word cough. Do you know that the word cough is in the shape of a dove? And do you know that when the priest anointed, that they would, they say they would anoint with the letter cough because it was in the shape of the dove. What did they anoint with? Holy anointing oil. What's the oil symbolic of? The Holy Spirit. What did Jesus liken the Holy Spirit unto when he was baptized? The Holy Spirit descended like a dove. See, it's not coincidence. It all ties together. So there's symbols that go with that. But here's the part we don't like. There's numbers that go with that as well. The first nine letters, number one, number two, number three, number four, all the way up to number nine. When you get to letter 10, from 10 on, the 11th letter is not, not 11, it's 20. The 12th letter is 30. Next letter, 40. Next letter, 50. You get the idea? It's, it's the way that God designed it for the Hebrew people. That's how they preserved it because they preserved it in three ways. It all correlates together. They have the letter, they have the number, they have the symbol. That made it easy for them to pass the word of God along. So accurate is that, that when they passed the word of God along for many years, you've got to remember there were no Dead Sea Scrolls. But they can pass the word of God along because every letter was a letter, a number, and a symbol. So it allowed them to teach their children and their children's children. So they would learn that, much like we would teach a nursery rhyme. I, I could probably say certain nursery rhymes here tonight in this service, and some of you in your 80s would still be able to repeat those nursery rhymes because it was embedded in your mind. There's images that come to your mind when you do it. That's the way it was with the Hebrew people. So they had these numbers. So they, they, this numbering system is used in all ways to point to Christ. The name Jesus Christ itself, when you total the letters of Christ, it spells 888. 888. That's the total of the numbers when you add the numbers together. But you say, well, what's the big deal about that? Do you know something that every single name of Jesus Christ in your New Testament, when it is used, when you look at that name, you break the numbers down as given by the, by the Hebrew letters, the numbers that they have. Do you know that every name of Christ is divisible by the number eight? Every mention of Jesus Christ. Let me give you a few examples real quick. For example, let's, let's, let's take the word Lord. The word Lord the total of the numbers are 800, 100 times eight. Our Lord is 1,768, 221 times eight. Savior, the total of the numbers, when you total them up, 1,408, that's 176 times eight. Emmanuel, it totals 25,600, which means it's 3,200 times eight. Messiah is 656, 82 times eight. Son is 880 
which of course is 110 by eight. Now in contrast to that, every mention of the devil in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, and then later bear in mind with the Greeks, the Greeks had numbers as well tied to their letters. Every name for the devil is divisible by the number 13. Isn't that amazing? For example, when you get in the Hebrew language, he's called Satan. When you take the numbers of the Hebrew alphabet, it totals 364, which is 28 times 13. Beelzebub totals 598, which is 46 times 13. Belial, 78, which is six times 13. Serpent, total the numbers, 1170, 90 times 13. In the Greek language, the number of the Greek language, Satan, is 2107, which means it's 169 times 13. The man of sin is 1963, 151 times 13. The son of perdition, 1,807, 139 times 13. Dragon, 975, which is 75 times 13. You say that's a coincidence. Every time? Every time it's a coincidence? You see, what he's trying to say is when you get to the Antichrist, when you get to the beast that you're dealing with, when you, you get to that place, he says it's going to be evident because the number of his name will total 666. Now, the good news is, if you're here tonight, I'm trusting everyone saved. The good news is, you're not gonna be here to count it. The bad news is, people's gonna be Googling to find sermons like this to figure out who it is because he is real and he is coming. It's just, I'm leaving before he throws his party. That's the hope that we have. Well, numbers matter to God. That's the important thing. Now, the good news is I'm not gonna keep you long tonight because I gotta get to 153. But would you agree with this? Numbers matter to God. No number is in there by accident. Every number has a meaning. Do you agree? Every number. Every number there is. It's significant. Not by chance. God has a purpose for it. Well, what's the purpose for 153? Well, I, I had studied and studied and studied and I had never come to the conclusion that I was fully satisfied with the answer. It's like the answers were right, but they were partially right. Until I read an article, uh, it was really part of a thesis and of all things, it was written by a Christian army officer and now it's almost a century old. It's been around that long. His name was Lieutenant Colonel R. Roberts. And he became fascinated with this passage. Now everyone seems to have no problem figuring out what the fish are. You gotta settle that to begin with. What are the fish? What's the fish symbolic of? If there's 153 of them, there has to be some significance to the fish. Well, I think that's pretty self-evident. Uh, what's one of the symbols for Christianity? Fish. Jesus Christ the Savior, in the Greek, you take the Greek words that make the phrase Jesus Christ the Savior, take the first letter of every one of the words that make that, and it spells out fish. 
the early church, their symbol as believers was fish. I believe it goes back to this very passage. I, I think they were fulfilling. And we've all heard the accounts of, and I'm not here to say that, that everything that we read is 100% accurate. You know that as well as I do. But there are a lot of, a lot of cases of church history that talk about them using that as the symbol because they would use that also as a secret symbol for believers where they would make half the fish, the other would make the other half with their sandals in the sand to let a believer know I'm a believer too. Because they're saying I'm part, I'm part of that catch of Christ. Jesus said, you shall be no longer fishermen, but you shall be fishers of men. Well, did anybody ever catch you? Somebody came with the gospel, baited it with the cross and the blood of Jesus, threw it out, and the Holy Ghost said, bite. And the Lord captured your soul and changed your life. Somebody was a fisher of men. They brought the story of Jesus to you, told you of salvation and grace, and that's why he's saying the fish are symbolic of believers. Well, that sounds good. Why 153? Are you ready? He had prayed about this with no great theological background, but a great love for studying especially the Gospels. And you know the Gospels, uh, as the Gospels are written, there's some things, and this is where it gets very difficult because there's what we call the parallel of the Gospels. There's some things that's recorded in more than one Gospel writer's view. But it's the same event. So it can be the feeding of the 5,000 and it can be recorded more than one book. Are we together on that? So here, here's the problem. You've got all of these events and that's what he did. He just made a chart and he wrote down all of the events in the life of Jesus. Every miracle he performed, all the great historic events, when people were raised from the dead, feeding the 5,000, through all of the events, and then he got focused in on individual events. How Jesus interacted, for example, Peter's mother-in-law. So he started recording all of those down. Some people with names, some it was a certain man, some it's people like Bartimaeus, Blind Bartimaeus, they're named, others are not named. But he started with these encounters and he started with the healings and the resurrection and the miracles. Do you know what he found out when he paralleled the gospel? Guess how many individuals are named, are spoken of if not by name, but pointed out as a certain man or a certain woman. Do you know how many there are? 153. Just a coincidence, I suppose. No, I'm telling you, if God can put his name 
every 49th letter. If God can put his name, rather, every eighth letter and put the law every 49 letters, if God can take the law and point it toward his name and point back to his name, if God can number the Antichrist until you know what's coming, if God can number the stars, I'm here to tell you, he knows everybody that's had an encounter with him. He knows everyone that is his own and he cares about all of them and it doesn't happen by chance. Aren't you glad we're not living our life by accident? We have a heavenly father that watches over us and loves us and takes care of us and designs our plan and knows even when we don't know what's going on. He's in charge of it all, in control of it all. He knows what's happening. He sees tomorrow. He knows what's going to take place. And he said, you're not just on an idle course going nowhere. I've got my hand on you. I'm gonna provide for you. I'm gonna take care of you. You've had an encounter with me and I count you as my own. It was the number of the fish he encountered with while he was on this earth. I'm not saying there weren't multitudes that come. He brought it down to specifics. One on one. He brought it down to the numbers that people could understand. Now, maybe I'm too country and too simple, but that amazes me. I mean, it is so good to know that in this chaotic world that we are living, there's somebody that knows what's going on. And he's still in charge and he's still in control. And if you're here tonight, you're not here by accident. You're not here by chance. If you are a believer, he brought you to this place to say, by the way, I remember every one of the 153. And he's also saying, I remember when I saved your soul. He's saying, I remember when I gave you your healing. I remember when I gave you a job when you didn't have a job. I remember when I brought you groceries when you didn't have groceries. I remember when I took care of you when you should have died in the I remember when I brought you over the sick bed. He's saying, you're mine and I'm yours and I see every one of you and I love every one of you and he's saying, you're special to me. And if you're not his, I'm just fishing tonight. I'm here to tell you, you can leave this place and be one of his. The difference is they were numbered in the gospels. But John said, I saw a multitude which no man could number. He knows the number. I don't care if it's millions upon millions. He knows everyone that's his child. He knows everyone that he's saved by his blood. He knows everyone because he wrote our name down in the book of life. He knows us and we know him. He has your number. No coincidence. He is saying to you, you matter to me. Yeah. 
I get in a lot of situations of families that deal with things and it's not uncommon that people ask me and they're not being cruel about this, they're concerned. They'll say, certain things will happen. They'll say, preacher, what are they gonna do now? I don't know. But let's get this right. Nothing ever catches him off guard. He's never unprepared. He is the designer of all things. And he's watching out for me and he's watching out for you and he brought you here for such a time as this. So a God that big, let me just ask you, a God that big, take your problem and lay it beside a God like that and let me ask you, how big do you think your problem looks to him? He said, I've got this all figured out before you ever got into it. And I want to take care of all of it for you because he loves you. 